so it is May 23rd. Can't believe it's already the 23rd. Like, seriously. So, our daily quote of the day. Let me flip to it. I'm still on the 22nd. Okay. The Lord's thoughts and his heart are towards you today to keep you, to guide you, and to bless you as he only can. So I'm going to start something different. Instead of it be posting um, on Sundays, I'm also going to post on Wednesdays, which will be mostly from that chicken soup of Christian teenage souls. That'll be what that is. So, yeah. Okay, let's get into it. Daily devotion. It's called Paid in Full. But he said to me, my grace is significant for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Imagine choosing the perfect gift for the person you love most. You wait with great anticipation for them to receive it. Your gift is delivered, but day after day it sits unopened. They want to open it, but get too busy. They wonder if they need a gift in return. Some of their friends laugh at it, feeling as if they don't deserve it. They pick up the package and throw it away. For the first time, they see your note on the bottom. It says, I love you. I forgive you. The box stamped paid in full. Finally, they understand. Time, that's a glimpse of grace. Jesus gave us his perfect gift on the cross, even when he didn't deserve it. His life and the ultimate sacrifice of our sins. Some of us have faith and rejoice that he will, that we are forgiven. Some mock him. Some won't even accept him. But he loves each and every one of us so much yes even in our sinfulness through faith god's grace is given us our debt and paid in full bow your heads please jesus thank you f- for loving us enough to die for our sins help me never take you take your gift for granted each day is a treasure box of gifts from god just waiting to be opened open your gifts with excitement You will find forgiveness attached to ribbon of joy. You will love unwrapped in sparkling gems. Beautiful. Okay. So it is the 26th. So let's see what we have for the 26th. It is two chapters from... The Chicken Soup book. So, um, you may order this book if you'd like. I would recommend ordering it. It's a really good book. I understand it perfect, um, since I've read with it through, um, with my mom during the summertime. I got it for my birthday, and I was like, Mom, let me just wait to read it till summertime. So I had to wait a whole year to read it. That's okay. Okay. So the first chapter, or like, yeah, the first chapter is on faith. But the first thing that comes 
is this poem. So, well, I'm going to read the first three things, I guess. First the poem and then the two chapters. So let's read the poem. It's called Sometimes. Sometimes I question you and I wonder whether you're listening. I can't see you or touch you or even feel you. So how do I know you're really there? Sometimes I get mad at you when I see bad things happen to good people. I wonder why you wouldn't have saved them. It makes me wonder if you're real. Sometimes when I pray to you, I can sense that you are there with me, watching over me as your child, blessing me with your grace. Sometimes when I can see you clearly, when I see little babies or kind smiles, generous people, and the beauty of nature, it makes me believe with my whole heart. Sometimes my questions about you don't matter, even though there are never defiant answers. I have faith in your love. Forgive me, God, for ever questioning you jenny sharf so that was the poem now here's the chapter so when i read this first chapter i was like why would they give it this title because i didn't really understand it because i was still young but as i got older as i was reading this book i was like that makes more sense um so the first title or subtitle of the chapter is Rescue Me. So let's just focus on that. Um, what I thought was Rescue Me means they're going to get baptized. They're going to get rescued by God. God's going to be with them 24-7. Not 24-7, but they're always for them. And that's what the 411 on this chapter is going to be about. Well, let's just read. Rescue me. More tears are shed over answered prayers than unanswered ones. Mother Teresa. <laughs> My high school was in a border town, meaning we got a new students who came over with their families from Mexico. Sometimes they didn't even speak English and sometimes they didn't. We wouldn't normally mingle with these kids. We just sort of stuck with our own group. Lecicio was different. She was one of those girls who walks in a room and everyone gets all fuzzy in slow motion like in the movies. She had long dark hair and the greenest I've, I've, eyes I've ever seen. She smiled as she walked by and even though it probably wasn't at me, I took it as a sign. I'm not usually the lucky type but fate seemed to be slimming smiling down on me because it turned out she was in most of my classes. The first time she was called on was on and you... Uh, on and u.s history she knew the answer which i didn't and she spoke it in perfect english i later found out she was from mexico city and had studied american history at her school there she totally intimidated me on april 11th i was sitting in u.s history totally stressing about a midterm we were having the next day i didn't even notice the guidance counselor come in to talk to our teacher mr hudson when he called my name i didn't hear him then i look up and both he and the counselor had strange expressions on their faces and they were looking at me something was wrong i figured i was in trouble but i couldn't imagine for what I followed the guidance counselor down the hall and into her office. When we got there, the principal was there, too. They both were silent for a minute. Then the principal began to speak. Your father had a heart attack, but the paramedics and doctors did everything they could to save him, but I'm afraid he didn't make it. Okay, I said, well, I better get 
going back to class. I don't want to miss the rest of the exam review. They looked at me stunned. I didn't really know what to... I didn't really know what I was saying. I felt like they were telling me about someone else's dad. I just didn't get it. The next few weeks were a blur, and as we had the funeral and began adjusting to life without my dad, I went back to school after. I ran out of things to do at home. Everything felt a little different. I can't exactly explain how it just did. Back at school, everyone was super nice to me. The teachers didn't call on me, and they kept asking me to stay after class to see if I was okay. My friends were really weird. I felt like I couldn't talk to them about the same old things. It was also strange. My dad was a great guy, and then all of a sudden, he was dead. He didn't do anything wrong. He never hurt anyone. I started eating lunch alone. I just couldn't deal with the listening to the same stupid jokes or talking about random stuff. About three weeks after I went back to school, I was sitting in a corner of the quad, not really eating, just staring off into space. Are you going to eat the rest of that sandwich? I looked up and I saw Lisieta standing in front of me. Huh? I responded. I looked down and then I realized I haven't touched my sandwich. I handed it over. As she gratefully accepted, she told me my mom packed me a meat and egg tortilla. With Your tuna fish looks better. She sat down next to me and ate my sandwich. She didn't say a word to me, but seemed happy to sit there, just to sit there. After a few minutes, I grew too uncomfortable. Why did you come over here, I asked. You looked like you could use a friend, she said. I lost my father last year. I didn't know what to say to her, and she didn't know what to say to me. I didn't want to talk about my dad, but for the first time in a while, I felt okay just being with another person. We started having lunch together on that bench every day. We never mentioned my dad or her dad, except she told me that was the reason they moved from Mexico. We talked about school, TV, and movies, and other meaningless stuff. I loved her mom's tortillas, and she seemed to like my American sandwiches. I finally worked up the nerve to ask her if she wanted to go to movie with me. I'd like to, she said, but I have to ask you a question. Are you a Christian? Huh? I replied. She told me her dad was a deeply spiritual man and that it had to been a very important to him and she associated with only Christians. Basically, she was saying she couldn't go out with me unless I believed in the same stuff she did. I was confused. She had became my friend and up till now she didn't care if I was Christian or not. I told her I wanted to go out with her, but I didn't think I was Christian and I didn't think it should matter, unfortunately. And then I said something really stupid. I said, it doesn't matter to me if you're Mexican. She looked at me and then got up and walked away. A week went by. I came to the bunch every day with no tuna, with a tuna fish sandwich and hoped Lisieta would show up. No luck, but finally one day she was there. I love the Lord with all my mind, heart, soul, and strength. And your neighbor as yourself means to experience forgiveness, to give others as well as yourself. Matthew six twelve. That's all she said. Then she took my tuna sandwich and started eating. So we went back to our other, our routine of daily and lunch and sandwich exchange. It didn't bring up the dating thing again, and neither did she. The prom was coming up, and I really wanted to ask her. So what do I take to become? So what does it take to become a Christian, anyways? Do I have to shave my head or go spend the night in the woods or something? She ignored my sarcasm. No, you. All you have to do is pray with me. All I have to do is pray. That seemed pretty easy. Well, there is one catch, she said. You have to mean it. I mean, really mean it. 
You have to give up your soul to God. You have to beg forgiveness for all your sins. Can you do that? Sure. I thought a little prayer and I can get to take Lisey out of prom. Okay, I said, let's do it. Where do we go? How about right here? She responded in front of everyone. Why not? She told me to close my eyes and then she started to pray. She asked me to invite God's spirit into my heart. I started to say the words after her and stopped. I saw this image in my mind of a closed door. I was about to open it and go through it. I could see the light steaming, streaming through my keyhole where we were silent for a long time. I had my hand on the doorknob. Then I turned it and opened the door. I started to cry. I cried for my father. I cried for my mother and sister. I cried for Lysiad's father. I cried for all the kids who lost their fathers and mothers. I couldn't stop crying. I felt God's grace. Lysiad and I went to prom and we had a great time. We're seniors now and we're still together. I miss my dad a lot and I think about him all the time. I still don't have all the answers, but I owe Lysiad a lot because she gave me my faith. She rescued me. We especially like your ceremonies on the website because we can scroll through them quickly. That was on the bottom. So, that title. Grab paper, pen, something so you can write this down. Rescue me. Um, rescue me, I thought it would be God rescuing her. So, God did rescue her. But so did her friend. Okay. We're going to read this next chapter. It is shorter. So you don't have to worry about a lot. And then... Yeah. Today we aren't going to do Christian music. Just not feeling that vibe. So yeah, we'll just read the story. Our day to give thanks. True thanksgiving means that we need to thank God for what he has done for us and not to tell him what we have to what we have done for him. George R. Hendrick. I remember when I was a boy growing up in Texas, my dad would always say to each Sunday that each Sunday was our day to give thanks. I never understood what he meant by this, but each Sunday we would go to church and pray to God in Jesus Christ. As I recall, I didn't like going because my friends would be playing football or baseball while I would be inside studying the Bible. My dad worked construction and and was a very private man who never said much. For as long as I can remember, it was always just him and me. I never really knew my mom, but my dad said that after I was born, she had fallen in love with another man. He never liked to talk about her, and I never really liked to talk about how much I missed her. I would think of her mostly on Sundays when he and I were at church. I could ask God why he took my mom away, but no matter how much I prayed, he never answered. Sometimes I can tell my dad was asking God for the same thing. As I got older, you would still keep the same routine, church every Sunday and the occasional baseball game afterwards. Like the same game, and although I like this, that a little bit. I liked the game, and although my dad never really cared for it, he would still take me after services. I think it was his way of staying even since he knew I didn't like going to church that much. When I was a freshman in high school, when I was a freshman in high school, he even agreed to let me try out for the baseball team at school. When I told him I had made it, I could tell he was really proud, even though he didn't say much. Although he was always strict on his rules, my dad and I couldn't have gotten along without one another. 
All in all in all, my dad and I were happy. I think it was October when the principal at my school interrupted class and asked me to come to her office. I was afraid of what she was going to say and when I got there she and my dad had gotten in a bad accident at work and my eyes got there. She said my dad has gotten in a bad accident at work. My eyes began to fill with tears but I held them back knowing he would want me to be strong. When I got to the hospital, the doctor said he was in intensive care and that I couldn't see him. Never in my life had I been so scared, and never in my life I did I did I need God more than at that moment. I sat in the waiting room for what seemed like forever until finally my dad's friend came and picked me up. He told me that the truck's gate holding steel beams had come unlocked and pinned my dad underneath them. When I heard this, I intensely thought of God, not in prayer, but in anger, an anger I had felt in my life. I had always deep down blamed God for taking my away my mom, and all of a sudden it seemed like he was going to take my dad away too. The next day, they said I could visit him, but only for a short time. He looked so bad I wanted to cry, but I saw his face brighten when I entered the room, so I couldn't. His voice was raspy, and all he told me was to pray for him. That Sunday, I went to church alone. Once there, all, once there, all I could do was look at the empty seat my dad usually filled. I cried as I did, and he asked me to do his pray. As I prayed, I told Jesus how much I love him and my dad. Later that day, I got a call saying my dad's situation had improved, and within a month, he would be able to come back home with me again. After he returned, we decided to move to Colorado, where his brother and his wife lived so they could take care of him for a while. Although he still wasn't 100%, we, well, he was alive, and I was very happy about that. I told him I prayed for just, like, for him just like he asked me to and he said I know you did son now when dad says that Sundays are our days to give thanks I know what he means I think of God and Jesus Christ and I give thanks for all they have given us Michael Manzuni wow like wow don't give up on God in the toughest times, he will heal. That's what I took from it. Don't give up on God in the toughest times because he is there and will heal. All right, that's all I have for y'all today. So, the 30th is the end of season one. And, yeah. So, next week, the 30th, we'll learn about the Ten Commandments. Um, and, yeah, and then for June, um, we only have four Sundays in June, so, 
don't know. We'll figure June out. Um, each month will be something different. Um, and how we do it. But yeah. So tune in for next week to learn the Ten Commandments, which is Exodus twenty two through seventeen. So see y'all next week. Bye.